When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Love Rugby League podcast, bringing you the latest rugby league news, talking points and exclusive interviews. Listen as fellow fans and experts discuss the burning issues in the game and share their bold predictions. We're out every Wednesday to look ahead to your rugby league weekend. Welcome to the Love Rugby League podcast, talking life and league for 45 minutes or thereabouts every week of the year. One big in-depth feature interview each week with one of the biggest names in the greatest game and all the big issues as well dissected by the Love Rugby League team. Download us on Spotify, Apple and do please leave a review as well and all the other major podcast providers and make sure to follow Love Rugby League on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram for exclusive news and features from right across Rugby League. You can find us online at loverugbyleague.com. This is the Love Rugby League podcast. Keep up with all things Rugby League 24-7. Head on over to loverugbyleague.com. So welcome to this week's big interview with the scorer of Toulouse Olympique's first ever Super League try, uh, but recently relegated from the top flight with the French side. A Scotland international, you could argue, Super League's unluckiest player, the way he keeps getting relegated uh, with, with different sides. Yeah, uh, Matty yeah that, that's right. Yeah, thanks, George. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, like you, you said, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh the weather's picking me up. It's not too bad over here. So, uh, yeah, making the most of that. But, uh, yeah, obviously disappointed um, with how we've obviously relegated this year. But, um, yeah, it's one of those things. And it's, we've we've had a real dig this year and it's it's been tough. How's the, how's the last week or so? How have the days been since your relegation was confirmed? Last time I spoke to you, I think you were quite hopeful of, of getting out of it, you're in a good good vein of form. It, it hasn't happened. How how have things been amongst your teammates, amongst the club, amongst the manager? What what's the kind of atmosphere been like? Yeah, I won't lie. It's it's not been good. It's like everyone's been down and stuff like that. But obviously, people t- we're we're obviously here to here to do a job when we turn up and train and and, and try to keep that smile on our face. But um, obviously, um, the last few weeks we still had a uh, a slight chance, but. Uh, the nail was in the coffin, obviously, against Catalan. And then, obviously, Wakefield won anyway. Um, so, it, this week's just been a bit uh, up and down. But, yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, because, like, you know, like some of these lads from from the local uh, Toulouse and uh, the desire to play Super League all their lives. And and even Sylvan, I know, the coach, he's, he's obviously um, dreamt to, to obviously coach Super League and, and, and what have you. And, to have that taken away from him, um, it's quite sad, and you just have to see, you just see it on the faces. And I didn't play against the Catalan, um, the Catalan Dragons. I I, I had a uh, tweak with my hamstring, so um, yeah, it was one of them. Uh, the lads were really down in the changing rooms, but um, I'm sure we'll just try and finish the season off, and uh, the t- the club and the the, uh, the team will build build for next year and see what happens then. I'm sure it's still very raw for everyone, but what what's been said so far to to you and to the players about what you know what what this might mean? Um, I think I think there's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of desire on next year. Um, obviously, like it's it's not sort of a good scenario to be in, but um. I think the club are moving forward to obviously bounce straight back up. I've already spoke to uh, the CEO and the coach. Their ambitions is, is just fly through the championship and, and and get a really good, strong team there and and come back up. And 
yeah, it's 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 a real tough call, but um, you want me there? Yeah, sorry, Paul, just put off. Um, yeah, it's just it's been hard work this week, but we just have to finish the season, and and I know players uh, players will go elsewhere and do other things, and I, I I'm not sure myself what I'm going to do yet, but um, we just have to obviously finish play playing for the club and and uh, playing as a team. Yeah, I was going to ask you in a bit about what you might do now. You 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 mentioned it there. What's your, you know, what's your situation? What are the kind of thoughts you have in, in your head about um, a call you might have to make? Are, are you contracted there or, or or not, or is that something that waits? Uh, no, I, I don't think I'm contracted for next year. I think my um, contract was Super League status only. Um, and and don't get me wrong, that's a strong ambition of mine to, to play, keep playing Super League. Um, Again, like you said earlier, when when you uh, introduced me, it's not good always being relegated. But feel with this team this year, especially, it was it, it's totally different. And um, yeah, we 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 had so many tight games. We could have won. Um, you look at the fixtures that we we lost out on. Uh, it's quite frustrating. Um, and then even against where we obviously, I think we beat Leeds at home. I think. We had a real good run there of home games, and we could have put them to bed. Um, but yeah, the with me, me, the, me uh, my agent um, is is currently speaking with a club. Um, I'm not sure what what will happen yet. Um, and there's maybe a few opportunities elsewhere. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's going to be um, probably decided the next few weeks. Would you would you be willing to to not be in Super League? I mean, I'm looking at where I'm speaking to you from, and I wouldn't trade that in. <laughs> that looks amazing. Yeah, but but I know yeah. you, I know your drive, mate. Having spoken to you, you're an international player. You're a, you're, you're a Super League winger, so you you know you got to weigh it up, I guess. But would you be willing to to to, to stick with this club if, if everything worked for all parties? You know, I, I've I've had this chat with my agent and things like that, and um, it's a tough call because obviously. You need to. I want. I want to be playing the top level, um, and I think I've proved every time I've, I've played um, Super League. Even when I was at Lee last year, you know, even, uh, we, we, in the struggling teams, I've always, you know, been up there with the stats. And and when I talk stats, I think when I was at Warrington and things like that, when you're in a good team, you'll see all the wingers are getting the high stats because the. The, the, the forwards are laying the platform. You've got real good ball carriers, etc. And I think I've, um, I, I don't don't like, um, as you say, blowing smoke up, up my own ass. But I, a lot of teams, especially the last two two years, and obviously I know Toulouse, uh, Toronto was a quick a quick in and out. But um, I've always been in a, in a team that let go forward and things like that. And I've always come out with real good stats and tackle breaks and all that. And um, I think, uh, like you said, weighing up the pros and cons. Obviously, you, you're living here in Toulouse. Um, obviously, the money. I I don't know what what the money aspects is. Uh, yeah, of 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 the deal. Um, but as well with me, um, you, you obviously, I don't know if you might not be aware, but I've sort of got a bit of a past history of um, my own professionalism off the field. So. Um, you know, I think I've learned a lot of myself being over here in the last, I've grown up over the last few years, but um, kind of when I was at Warrington and things like that, I, I made, I was young, I made like, stupid errors. I wasn't uh, probably, uh, wasn't under the best role models and things like that. But um, obviously sometimes uh, clubs might look at me and say, oh, well, he's doing this and doing that. And he's, he's, he's a quality player and then they go, but, how is, he, how is he doing off the field? And I think obviously that comes back. So obviously it's come back to bite me on the arse, like in a few times. And and this year again, I think a few clubs have asked how I've been. Which, uh, to be honest, I've been. I, I I feel like I've found a new lease of life over here. Um, I, I feel like I've mellowed right down. But you know, it's it's I can't really get a second chance without proving it. If you get if you get what I mean. Um, so I'm just uh, my mistakes in the past, uh, being unprofessional off the field and things that I've sort of come back to haunt me now. So um, yeah, I'm just looking at a few options. But if 
if the money's right in Super Leagues there, I'm going to have a look at that. And, and then I'm, I'm obviously loving it here in Toulouse. I love the staff, every, 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 all the players and things like that. And, and the city I'm loving. So if, if their ambition is to get back up and bounce back from the Championship and come to Super League, then probably, like I said, I, I could be into that too. So I'm just going to have to wait up my options. And the World Cup as well for me, um, going forward, um, that's maybe four games that I could I could put myself in that platform and 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 um, yeah put put a good performance in for for myself and uh, yeah so we'll see we'll see with that one. That's so much you said there was interesting. I don't I don't know a great deal about your your backstory. My my thing is always to treat people as I find them and as I would expect them to do with me. Uh, to be honest with you, but yeah, and I don't know how, how much you want to talk about about any of that. But what it, what it, what I did get from that is how much you you've learned from things that have gone wrong in your life to channel them in a positive way. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, from uh, being the early age of Wigan, I was just like a young lad playing academy. I obviously got lucky enough to play two games there. Um, but I was in the first team, but I never really got to uh, experience what it was like to be a real first teamer. Uh, uh, like, obviously, after a game, I to, to not when to drink, when not to. Like, I was... I was a bit loose with that and um, yeah, obviously I went to Gold Coast. I was in the top 25 there, but didn't get a crack, come back to Warrington. And then because I was at Gold Coast and I wasn't again in, in like a first team environment, I learned lessons from the first year. I had a good year at Warrington. I loved, I loved that first year. I played, obviously played fullback after the World Cup. Um, but yeah, I loved it. Um, all, the, all the boys got on with everyone, the staff and and you know, I had a few hiccups here and there, but I wasn't. I, like I said, I, off the field, I'm not. I, I wasn't like a, a bad, but like a, like a maniac or anything. I know some. There's some stories that get leaked on on Twitter about some people, and and and, and they are true. Do you know what I mean? If 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 someone's playing up and be, being like the way they are, but um, mine were just probably being on nights, so being a bit drunk, causing a bit of bother. You know, like. Uh, I didn't realise at the time how obviously big, like uh, sort of a key figure I was in in Warrington and uh, in the public eye. If you get what I mean, I was just thinking I was a young lad just come back playing rugby, um, and obviously it probably impacted me. And and then the 2015 I was injured. Um, if you remember the, uh, it was a McGrath Lulu. We played witness in the, the I lost my teeth where McGrath Lulu. I went straight through me. Um, and probably that year after that, I lost a bit of confidence in pre-season, and then I, I did my ankle, did one like ankle, I was out for like ten weeks. Endosmosis came back, did the other, um, and then I was just a bit like obviously not playing, just or training, just a bit drink drinking. Like obviously, um, I, I had a big problem with gambling, so that was a big thing um, that I never quite nipped in the bud. Um, but it was tough. It was tough, and uh, yeah, it was again. I was still young, um, but uh, yeah, that that sort of impacted me. And then obviously 20, 2016, I had obviously something to prove because I didn't play a lot. Twenty fifteen, um, so I, yeah, I, I I really dig dig in that dug in that year and got to play the two finals. We won the league. My performances were really good. Um, played in the World Cup, but again. Uh, even I, like when I was younger I used to be into my, my training and I, I've got that back now but um, I stopped doing a lot of things because I thought oh I could drink when because we, we were winning we won most weekends I thought I could have a beer here I could have a beer there I can eat what I want I can do this I can do that and uh, I remember I went to Thailand after the after the, the Four Nations with Scotland in 2016 I put some pictures on Instagram and the lads are like, you know, you look, you look chubby, like you look fat. But for me, like I didn't see it. But when I came back that year, I was, because I obviously I missed a bit of pre-season. I was so unfit. And um, obviously that took it. I remember, you remember if that year after that, I think Kev Brown came. Um, mm-hmm. We had a, a, we had a few real good signings, but the team didn't perform. Um and and obviously I, I was under the radar. I remember getting booed off the pitch, calling calling all sorts. But um, again, I wasn't doing my extras at training. I, I, I wasn't eating well. I was eating takeaway, drinking. Um, 
so I didn't I didn't really see that uh, how bad it actually got. Um, and obviously Steve Price came, and after that year, um, he basically just tried to to sort me out. Um, and uh, yeah, I. Um, I went away from that and it, I, I obviously I had some time off to work on myself and things didn't work out at Warrington and then I had yeah and then that was my time up at Warrington um, but it, it was it was a tough one because reflecting back on it now I, I wish I had someone just to probably put their arm around me a, a bit more and and uh, yeah I didn't realise it was like a sort of state, state I got in and a big thing I think with rugby league, especially now, you see some players that have come on a lot, is the, the fitness aspect. You can be as strong and you could, you know what I mean. You can have the best carry in the league and the biggest impact or whatever. But the best players now, with all the real changes, they're all due to fit the the fittest in the team. Like James Roby, he's going round again. Um, you look at the fullbacks who are always sniffing around the rook because they're so fit. It's it's just. So you couldn't uh, get away with it now, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I, you couldn't get. I, yeah, no chance I could get away with it now if I was in a in a top team. But luckily, I've yeah, I work on myself, and um, yeah, that's something I refl- I think I think uh, maybe if I may have to, obviously time again looking back at it's it's something I, I'm pretty disappointed with. But obviously, it's just one of those things. It's like you live and learn, don't you? Yeah, it's genuinely fascinating. I didn't know we were when I woke up this morning we were going to be having a chat like this. Yeah. And you know, looking looking at you as you are now, and you know, you you before we we came on today, you you were in the gym, and you can see yeah. just by looking at you like how 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 much you look after yourself now. And um, was was there was there a you know with with the drinking and the gambling? What was there a moment? Was there a rock bottom moment? I mean, I don't know how much you know about me, but I I'm a month now off a thousand days off the booze because I, yeah, I, I hit a rock. I went through some real shit in my life and I got to a point where I realized the one thing stopping me from getting better and getting over it was the fact that I was drowning in pints every day. It's like, I couldn't yeah. deal with stuff that was right. going on in my head. I'd just go and get pissed. And it was only when, and you're like, just interesting hearing you say you, you wish there was someone there to put their arm around you. What I realized is for all the people who wanted to help me, Ultimately, only the only time there was going to be changes when I decided to help myself, because all yeah. people can do yeah. is set, tell you stuff or advise you stuff. But ultimately, if you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it, are you? And there was yeah, just exactly. That, you know, similar to you, I saw you know photos of me. I was just like, oh my god, who is that person? It was just one day I just looked in the mirror. And I didn't recognise the person who it was. And I was like, yeah. right, I'm not yeah. drinking, and that was like almost a thousand days ago. And I've, oh, like, it's the best, yeah, thing, best thing I've ever massive. done in my life. Yeah, right? yeah I can I mean, imagine, yeah. I, can imagine. So I don't think, you know, I, I don't know if you had had a moment or it was just just a feeling of, right, I'm underselling myself. I've got this chance in elite sports. You have. It's, you know, yeah. you're doing a job so many people would love to do. Was it just a case of, right, I've got to get my, got to get my shit together here? Yeah, it's, it was. Like the, the early years, obviously, it's all fun and games with, with the drink and stuff. Like, like when I first... When I first signed back, like I said, I, I'd never, if someone invited me around, um, this is no disrespect to anyone who's obviously got a problem with drinking, but if anyone invited me around to the house, I wouldn't drink loads and loads and wake up the next morning and not remember anything. Um, but um, as a kind of, uh, like a party scene, drinking, it was all okay for the first year when I come back to Warrington, I was, I was, Playing fullback for Warrington, a massive town, you know, uh, nightclubs and stuff. I've not been away for for a year and stuff like that, so it was all like good and it didn't seem a problem. Uh, obviously, sometimes I'd you know come in training a bit dusty, um, and even with the gambling, the gambling was just fun. We all win the bookies as players, um, just put a few bets on, um, and that was never bad. But it was, I think, obviously, the moment where I said. Um, with my injuries in 2015, I think that kind of started me where I was sort of more depressive, depressed watching the lads play. I couldn't play. Um, um, you know, I was on painkillers from from the from the operations and things like that. It was a bit a bit on them and stuff, things like that. Uh, the gambling in, increased, um, and then I think I think it was 2016. I was right. 
real bad. And and I, and I think I opened up. I opened up to one of the coaches at the time. I, I don't want don't say his name, but I want to opened up to the coach um, about obviously my gambling. So this is obviously a few lads were in the room and and they'll remember this. Um, and he, uh, anyway, I went and spoke to the coach and said about my gambling. I got really upset and said, "Oh, really, really bad." It was only sort of two days later we played Saints, and I was having a real good year. And what happened was that the, the Saints kicked a ball. I should have went for it on the full, and I let it bounce, and it, they got a, the back the backspin and caught and scored. And the coach at the time said there was everyone in the room because it was a video review. There was even like interns in, and he said, "Oh, Matty, we all know you love a gamble." Why would you go out? Why are you gambling on that? And I was like, like, do you know, like, thought, no, that it just sort of shut me down and it shut me down from opening up to someone. And then that stopped me up, that completely stopped me opening up to someone um, about it. Uh, and then I just hid that by, I'd, I'd like just, just hid it all away. And I'd, like I said, the drink would, would follow. Um, just, I, like I said, I just, it was just more like a social party drink, but I wasn't, like I said, I, I I could do a month probably without the drink um, yeah. and what have you, and and I would only drink for for, for obviously for the, the the nightclubs and things like that. But um, yeah, it, it affected me, and it was like I said, it was it was when Steve Price came, and uh, he, he probably tested me a lot because he was a new coach. He knew I was on all right money, like for for starting winger, and I, the, the year before I didn't perform and. That was when I would probably uh, hit the worst, and a player just came in and said, "My oh, Matty needs help. He's not right here. He keeps coming in like, like not just not well." Um, so my mate, my mate at the time, um, which I was very thankful for, and still am. He he, he put me onto someone, and um, I'm not perfect now, but that was the start of a little process uh, from then. Um, but yeah, I've st- I've still had hiccups, and I've made messes. Um, after this, but that was obviously the, probably the rock bottom that bit. Mm. And it has, you know, how much has this married into your kind of rugby league career? You've touched on it a bit there, but I'm looking at the, the places you've gone and you've gone for experiences. You, you know, you went. I don't want to. I don't want to use the phrase you took a gamble, but you know, you went to Toronto. You've gone to Toulouse. These are big steps. You know, and if you're not, you, you need a, a decent strength of mind to be able to take that leap and do something different. So, is that kind of part of your psyche, or, or, or was the part of you that actually just wanted to wanted to escape a bit and go and go and do yeah. something different where where people don't uh, know you? Exactly. Um, so, with the Toronto thing, I, I loved it over there, um, but that that was probably. <laughs> When I got there, it was obviously we had we were in the championship, putting sixty on people, and the coach Paul Rowley at the time and and Kurt Agutin, I, I I loved them both. I got really well with them. Um, so uh, yeah, that aspect of it, I was it was like to get away from the scene of the little bubble of rugby league. You, you'll know yourself say, if you're from Leeds, like if you're in Leeds all the time, you, you get calls or come out, come out. It's so easy to do, or you just you're in the same place, the same people ring you and use you. Um, so I fancied a change and obviously trying to a back and forth um, but yeah this one with Toulouse has been been a massive one because last year Lee obviously Lee because with Toronto getting relegated um, kind of found, found myself with it winning game all year um, well we won one sorry but I wasn't involved with but there was COVID um, obviously going on so we was all stuck in the house I really struggled that year, um, and you know, like with I signed a deal at Salford for three years um, just before that, um, just before I left Lee, um, and that was so that was early on. That was like in mid, sort of mid season. Salford said they're really keen, um, but then my agent rang me. Um, this I was just what this is like a week before pre season this year, and he said to lose, and it just I thought to myself, I thought. How, it's, how, of, how Lee was last year and I ended up obviously sort of not like slipping into it like going out a bit more and things like that and um, yeah I just thought I need to get away from from this and uh, and Salford obviously on the doorstep it was probably it probably would have been the wrong time to go Salford uh, this year and I think even though they've done really well and I think I had 
I'd, I'd have helped them as well if, if I was in the team. Um, I think just having a, a year away and just because I'm I'm on my own a lot of the time here, and I've just just I prefer it, and I've I, I sort of um, look back and uh, you know at my mistakes and things like that, and now I can sort of see how bad I was back then. I've spoken to a lot of people about the Toronto experience. Uh, I just wonder whether the experiences you've already outlined in your own life, in your personal life, um, kind of prepared you to deal with financially with the implosion at Toronto or, or did it actually make it a bit more triggering when it happened? Um, um, uh, well, COVID, when I wasn't, it was a weird one. When I was in COVID, obviously everyone was doing these home workouts and what have you. Uh, I, I like obviously I've got like an addictive personality with like, most things. I just put it all into my fitness. So um, in, through COVID with with Toronto and and living living at home and seeing my kids like every day and, and being with them and I'd be on the field at eight o'clock on my own. I was I trained with Steph Ratchford sometimes once the bubble obviously changed. Um, it was the fittest I've ever been and and that sort of like. Because I was when I was like seventeen, I was ripped to bone. I used to eat whatever I want, but obviously the photos from when I was at Warrington and I was chubby and and I was eating all shit and that. When I was looking back at myself and I was and then I was in obviously the present when I was I was training through COVID. I was thinking how bad I was I and I was doing all these fitness drills I used to do, and I was blitzing my times and I was thinking I've I've been selling myself short here for for years, um, so. I remember even like I used to I train at Mickey Ames gym. Uh, once the COVID again, the bubble changed and the gym started open, and he was like looking good, like because I was signing at Lee then, um, and he was like it's best I've seen you look like, and and probably from that from the COVID I learned a lot from being on my own, um, not being paid. It's probably happiest to even the, the pay aspect. Obviously, I, I was I was annoyed at with, and I I had obviously financial issues there with. Through to gambling as well, um, those things that needed paying off. But but in myself, I was happiest. I was training. Um, so did, you, did they ever pay you? Sorry, did they ever pay you, Toronto? Did you did you get that? Um, <laughs> no, I'm still waiting for it. They keep, they've said September, October, but um, I think they've said a different date about ten times now. So um, yeah, so September, you, October. Well, you still had yeah. you still had gambling debts while Toronto weren't paying you. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. I had, yeah. I still, I've still got some debts now, which, I, um, obviously, I still, I pay, I pay off, pay a bit off, and and do what, and, and you know, keep keep some for myself. But they're obviously, it's been a long time, but it's they're nearly gone now. But it's like, yeah, uh, yeah. With with the with the Toronto things, uh, it was sometimes at night. Obviously, I wouldn't sleep and things like that, but. It's probably toughen toughen me up for uh, later in life and and things like this with with Toulouse obviously being relegated it's it's not good but I've I've had worse days if you, if you know what I mean. Uh, I always think that whenever I, you know, I I still struggle with a lot of things that I've gone through in my life. I still I still see a therapist and stuff and I always I always think of that. I just whenever I'm having a bad day I think of the worst day that I've ever had and remember that I got through it. <laughs> you know, do little yeah, things like exactly. that. You know, yeah, I mean? definitely. Yeah, definitely um, helps. Definitely helps. Given everything we've discussed, which is which has been fascinating, it's like we need to remember what and you you know we've talked about selling yourself short, but you know you've scored tries at Wembley, you've won you've won silverware, you've had you know okay, if you hadn't made the mistakes you had, you might have had a, a even better career, but you've had a, you've had a pretty good career so far, mate. Yeah, yeah, that and, and that's a frustrating thing, which um, I can't I speak to my agent and my agent will get back to me. Um, He'll be saying, "Oh, think it's so and so are really keen on you, like a the top club." And and to be fair, to be fair, like again, leads you, leads you, No, yeah, <laughs> not quite, not quite. No, but uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, he'll say like, "Oh, there's a top, there's some top clubs interested in you," and I just sort of, I take it with a pinch of salt now because I'm like, it's, I know what's going to come after it. They're going to say, "Oh, what's it? What's he's like? What's he doing now? What's it?" What's he up yeah. to? But like, I'm, I'm not, no, I'm not perfect now at, at all. Like, but I'm a lot and ten times, hundred times better than I was. Um, but like, for me, it's like, 
I, when I watch games and I think, obviously, I mentioned about the Toulouse thing and uh, I'm doing things in, in, in like at the bottom of the league teams. And I think now, if I, had, if, I, if I was in the Warrington team, which I was in years ago and I was in the same shape physically, mentally, I'd, I'd, I think I'd, I'd, I'd curve up miles better. I'd, I'd do a lot more than I'd, I've already done, like you mentioned. And even now, at, at, I'm 29, but if I could take myself physically, um, I feel the strongest I've, I've ever been like, physically. I'm fitness wise. I'm probably obviously it's, it's come to the back end of the year. I've had a few niggles and stuff like that, but I've got no injuries. Um, so it's it's like that. It's it's for me to, to me aging. I'm like, well, I can't I can't be given it. He's saying, oh, well, there's no one giving you a second chance, kind of at a top four team. But my argument is like, well, how when will he when will he ever get a second chance? Because um, I'm never gonna get it if you get what I mean. But which is fair, it's fair enough. It's all my wrongdoing, but and I accept that. I take responsibility of that. But you know, it's it's a shame because I do actually look at teams and think I could I could do a really good job for these and I could make the, the attack a lot better and things like that. And uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still working on myself. And um, yeah, it's just one of those things now. Where I just have to wait and see the next few weeks and uh, yeah, go from there. Uh, let's spend the last couple of minutes. We haven't really mentioned Scotland. You only mentioned it in passing. Yeah. You know, on yeah. the horizon. Third World Cup, will it be for you? Yeah, third World Cup, yeah. So it's uh how exciting is that? Yeah, it's it's a big one. Last year we I broke my hand for Lee the back end of the year. So um I was actually glad that that it, that that that, that they, they postponed it. Um so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, the lads are really good on there. I, I seem to I obviously get my passion like really high when I play for Scotland. Uh, all my all my dad's side of the family from Scotland, and and we we always speak to them and things like that. And it'll be be great to be a part of it if I get the chance. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed, I stay injury free. Uh, hopefully, be back this week uh, for for our last game against Toulouse. But yeah, if I can play in that again, obviously three three World Cups, and I'm probably. I'll try and push for a four, fourth. I can keep playing well. Um, does Scotland have any chance of doing anything? It looks pretty, pretty tough from an outsider's perspective. Um, yeah, well, I, you look at the sort of the, the spine. Uh, like Ryan Brealey, obviously, is playing really well at, at uh, Salford, Lachlan Coo, um, and then you've got other players like uh, Ewan Aiken, who's in the NRL, Ken Lynette, who's obviously at Hull KR. There's a loads of Super League lads who loads of experience. Huddy, Liam Hood. You, you could go through it all, like. Uh, but I, I've heard a few names tossed up from the NRL about getting involved. Whether they're true or not, you, you don't know. They, they sometimes on Twitter and things like that. I don't t- mm. take me too much uh, attention to Twitter because it's normally uh, not accurate. But uh, yeah, if we can get the squad that I think I've been told, I think. Uh, we've got an outsider's chances. I say, Campbell and Sevo. Uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, yeah, it's promising, and it's do you know what? As long as we perform, we've had some great experiences. I remember the first year um, with the Workington and things like that. Uh, we, we we got to the quarters, um, but yeah, if we can put, we're well, I remember commentating on. I remember commentating on your draw, your draw with New Zealand. What what a night that was! Oh, oh yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. That, uh, yeah, see, that's that's a memory for for life, you know, playing. So, um, if we can create anything like that, or just yeah, we just have to perform and and uh, have a, have, a, have a good time on camp and jealous jealous a country and, and as a team. Uh, final question is: I, I ask every guest is is always the same. You know, we've got into so much detail on this already. It's about life lessons. That rugby league yeah. has kind of taught us, you know, rugby league gives us so much, um, and kind of lessons that you've taken from the sport and have served you well in, in in the wider life. I mean, you've talked about a lot of that already, but what what would you say the key things you've kind of taken from from rugby league um, that, uh, that drive you now? Uh, for me, probably probably just don't get comfortable and take things for granted because I, I like I said. Um, about being at Warrington and things like that, I felt comfortable. I felt I was doing the right things, but I, I totally wasn't. As as I've got a bit more professional now with and um, with my diet and things like that, you don't understand how much your diet affects you physically, mentally. 
Um, so yeah, th- don't take things for granted because yeah, if you burn your bridges with with, with, with for, as a rugby player, if you burn your bridges, sometimes you you know you don't get things things uh, back. But um, yeah, that that's probably my main one. Uh, Matty, you've been uh, you've been a great guest. I really appreciate both your your time, your company, and your openness today. Thanks so much for coming on. No, no, I appreciate that, Josh. No worries at all. Uh, Matty Russell, this week's big interview. Keep up with all things rugby league twenty four seven. Head on over to loverugbyleague.com. So, Matty Russell, this week's big interview. What a story to tell. Um, like I said during the chat with Matty, sometimes you start a conversation and you've you've got no real clue of where it's going. And certainly that was that was one of them. I was looking forward to to talking about times at Toulouse and how relegation has hit them. And obviously Matty Russell's own experience of being relegated three times in a row with three successive clubs. And you know, we had a laugh about that uh, at the start of the podcast. But yeah, I didn't anticipate to some of the places we went with that chat. Um, very open, very honest, very emotional at times, um, talking about his his problems and addictions, really. He, he talked about his addictive personality in the way of gambling and, and how that was was taken over his life and problems with alcohol in, in social surroundings, which which then impacted adversely his, his life and his career as well. And I guess the interesting part of that was how it's influenced his, his career and, and moves and, and the club's that he's gone to just to get away from it all. So uh, very refreshing, very, very interesting to hear that side of that side of the career of a, a rugby league player from, from Matty Russell. And it'll be interesting to see where he, uh, where he goes next. Uh, possibility listening to that, that he still stay at Toulouse. I think reading between the lines, he, he will probably stay in Super League if he gets the opportunity, I would suggest, but he doesn't know where that would be. Uh, he isn't contracted to to Toulouse for the next year, so uh, I would imagine his agent will be busy now looking uh, t- to get him the next move. But that was a, a really good listen. Uh, do let us know your feedback on that. Of course, um, sign up and, and download and subscribe and rate. Leave us a review as well on the podcast if you can. We'll have a, a big interview like that every single week as we do. And then a bit of a chat uh, with Love Rugby League's reporter, Josh McAllister, who is with us now and plenty of other issues to get through as well. Not least, I guess, the big story of the last few days, Josh, the the confirmation of St. Helens. Well, they're going to be looking for for a new head coach, Christian Wolf. I think we always felt he would head back to the NRL, quite why he's delayed the decision as long as he has or, or timed it just right at the end of the season. I guess the only time I can see is St. Helens have wrapped up the league leader shield. And then there's a bit of a lull before the playoffs. But anyway, the news is that 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 he is going back, which is what most people, I think, assumed he, he was going to be doing. Yeah, there's no secrets in rugby league, is there, George? Um, it's been reported for a while now. Uh, reports from down on the suggest he'll be assistant coach to the Dolphins next season. Uh, in, in terms of timing, you're right. It's their last home... Well, I suppose it's their last home game of the regular season. Of course, they'll have a home semi-final title. They'll be celebrating the League Leaders' Shield on Saturday against Toulouse, Matty Russell's side. So um, I suppose that'll be a day to celebrate Christian Wolf as well and what he's done for the past couple of years, back-to-back Super Leagues. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's a, a major loss for St. Helens for Super League. Uh, and the next challenge now is, is to find the next Christian Wolf, who's going to be the next head coach that can, can take charge and lead them to more success. Obviously, they had Justin Holbrook, same story, same sort of story. Uh, came over here, made a name for himself, had success, went back to the NRL. He's with the Gold Coast Titans now. Uh, and all the best to, to Christian Wolf, as I say, reported to be joining the Dolphins as assistant coach to then uh, be their, their head coach, I think, in 2024. You would wager it will, for a big club like St. Helens, it will be a big name. I'm sure there'll be some already pushing Paul Wellens, as, as many pushed Danny Maguire as soon as the Tony Smith news came out of Hull KR a few months ago. Uh, I would suggest it's probably a year early for Wellens. He, he he still needs to learn that job that he's doing now, doesn't he? Yeah, it was the same with, with Danny Maguire as well. Um, he was linked, of course, heavily to the job at Leeds. Uh, and he yeah. said himself, he came out and said himself, he said he was, he, I think he was quite pleased to be linked with it, but he said it was far too early for him. Um, 
So it could be the same for, for Paul Wellens, a couple more years of learning, because it's not a, it's not an easy job. And Danny Maguire's had it harder than, than most, I think, this season with the amount of injuries Hulk Air have had. Uh, yes, yeah, indeed. And uh, I think that's something that a lot of clubs are dealing with now, which is why we saw, I don't want to talk about the double headers this week because we seem to do it every week on the podcast, but uh, it, it, it was worth noting the amount of weakened sides that were fielded by, by big clubs, which will hopefully mean that's, we've seen the last of, of the double headers moving forward and more of a genuine focus on, on player welfare. In terms of the, the issues to come out of uh, the weekend where everyone played twice, I mean, Saints clinched the League Leader Shield by losing twice. And, I, you know, I won't take so much of a wobble because they, you know, they were, they were stretched resources-wise in a defeat to a very good Wigan side and then they just rested everyone and played the reserves against Wakefield. But still, back-to-back defeats for the defending champions at this point of the season is not the kind of momentum that you want heading into the playoffs, albeit they do have one game to go before we get there. Yeah, they'll be wanting to turn it around and get to lose, won't they? Uh, they, they did field a, a youthful side um, against Wakefield on Monday. I think they already knew the League Leaders' Shield. I suppose on the other hand of that is if if the relegated side hadn't already been confirmed, that, I know James Gordon, the uh, lovable against has made a point of this, if the relegated side hadn't already been confirmed before that week, then the fate could have lied in Wigan's and St. Helens' hands. And St. Helens obviously mm-hmm. fielded a youthful side, which then could have put Toulouse down because Wakefield won. Um, so I suppose it, in some way, I'm not sure lucky is the right word, but yeah, it was a, that that's, those sort of games were, were not pointless, but chance for the, for the inexperience and the youth at both St. Helens and Wigan. Yeah, it would have been a bigger story than it was if, if Toulouse were still in there fighting and, and suddenly suddenly that happened and Wakefield... Wakefield had to go and win the game, we should, we should say, but yeah. certainly they wouldn't have expected to play against the team they did. And the other issue to come out of the, you know, the double round of fixtures was, and it seems like an age ago now, but it was, you know, it was only on the... There was the Thursday... Oh, it was the Wednesday night, wasn't it, when Leeds played Huddersfield? Uh, a game that was ultimately decided by a moment involving Richie Myler and Chris Hill, which... You know, in all respects, the official, when I watched it in real time, I thought Chris Hill had done a bad one. I thought he'd done, you know, the bit of a tip tackle and dumped him on his head. It's only when we watched the replay back that we saw Richie Myler actually just lifted himself up out of the tackle, sprung his legs up and made it look as though Chris Hill had speared him. Um, now, ironically, and I was, I was reading back on this on the Love Rugby League website because I was, I was thinking to myself, I'm sure Chris Hill has been moaning about cheating and play acting this year. And it was actually in the interview he did with me for the podcast a few months ago when he said, play acting is creeping into rugby league and it's getting like football, it's got to stop. And there, and there, there is he on the wrong end of an incident that, that actually cost his side the game because Leeds, they got the penalty, hoofed into touch uh, and scored on the last at the other end, albeit a great try. It was a different play, but it was off the platform laid by, you know, call it what you want, um, call it professionalism, call it gamesmanship call it intelligence, and John Wilkin ruffled a few people up the wrong way by how effusive in praise he was for how clever Richie Myler was. You know, I'm a Leeds fan and I didn't like it at all. Um, use any of those phrases, I just thought it was cheating. Uh, I, thought, I thought he cheated Chris Hill, I thought he cheated Huddersfield, I thought he cheated the referee, and I thought he got his side a win that they probably wouldn't have got otherwise. Um, I don't know what you're making of it was, but it, it wasn't the kind of incident I enjoy watching in our sport. No, there's, there's two sides to it. I actually think the yellow card after it was um, possibly even more bizarre. I can't remember who it was on the floor and a player tripped over to over him backwards and he ended up getting bin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that was just when you thought you'd seen the most bizarre sin bin and that one happened. Um, yeah, you'd be in both minds. I'm sure Richie Myler, when they went into the sheds at full time, got plenty of pats on the backs from his teammates and said, well done, smart play. His head coach might have said smart play. It all depends on which end you are in. But he did what he deemed necessary to get a vital win. Um, that's how he'd have seen it. That's how he'd explain it, if you if you asked him, I'm sure. But yeah, uh, I'm not a big fan. It, 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 it's borderline cheating, isn't it? It's I think it's... it's Potentially playing the referee. I'm not. I'm not sure. A lot of people jumped on the referee. I'm not sure you can jump on the referee as much because he's sort of playing the referee there. The referee has a duty there, and the duty is to protect the players, and that's what he had to do by Simbin and Chris Hill. The referee's job jobs are, are hard enough, um, and 
I think there's a duty there for everyone to help the ref, not not go the other way and make it even harder for them. Because if you're trying to con the referee, the referee is just trying to make the right decision. So if you're pretending something's happened that hasn't happened and the referee gives that decision, you know, there's only one person to blame and that's the player for persuading the referee that he's seen something he hasn't. All he's, you know, all he's trying to do is make the right call for the game. So, yeah, I was really frustrated with that and I, I hope that's that's something that doesn't doesn't creep into the game any more than it is already. And I thought it was very telling that, that Ian Watson, who's usually very mild-mannered and, and guarded in what he says, was anything but. Afterwards, he was absolutely fuming and, um, you know, for a, for a player who chooses his words carefully, you always you always listen when he is that animated, much the same as Steve McNamara a few weeks ago when he came out and had a pop at Huddersfield for for those alleged comments about the worth of, of Catalan in Super League, as Sam Tompkins said on the podcast the week after that. It's like when Steve says something like that, he's not just saying it, he, it's because he, he's thought about it and he means it. And I would say that's the same for Ian Watson in that situation. Um, other things then going on this week, we've got the... Um, Super League Dream Team is going to be named. We've had a bit of fun in the office putting our our selected Dream Teams together. A lot of laughs when I put various players in. <laughs> I don't I don't mind if I'm uh, if I if if I pick players that you would not normally see in there. But uh, uh, typical defensive, well backed by his head coach, who who gave him big raps. This is if we're, we might as well mention it. Lee Radford, uh, he gave Joe Westman big raps, and obviously that's the play you've included at thirteen. Uh, yeah, I, I I was thinking about I had a few different versions of who yeah, you had about seventeen drafts. <laughs> I had yeah, I had one of them just so I can say well I definitely named him at one point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's certainly thirteen. You know, there's been some there's some brilliant thirteens. I like I like Morgan Smithies and a couple of other options. I think Yates was probably the common call, wasn't wasn't it? And I'm sure he'll probably end up being in there. But I just had a look at the stats and Western and stats are so much better than everyone else's. Now, granted, that's because he's probably played every single minute of the season because Castleton have had so many injuries and that's why his stats are so good. Um, but I just, you know, I just thought he needed a bit of recognition and that's why I shoved him in there uh, alongside a few others that, that might uh, might be eyebrow-raising. Um, but yeah, that, we've got that to look forward to over the next few days as well, the, uh, the, the, the confirmation of the Dream Team heading into the playoffs. Uh, in terms of where were you, where are you, um, trying to think where I was last week. Can't even remember. Leeds Huddersfield Wednesday. Salford was Salford Thursday. Salford Hull. Yeah, Salford Hull Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went went along to that one. Quite enjoyed that. Hull, Hull had a right go of it actually. That was as positive I've seen Brett Hodgson after a defeat. He said if we play like that, most games next season will be all right. And Salford lost their way a little bit. But 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 they saw it through with their with their brilliant attacking access that they have, and uh, Paul Rowley got another win under the board. And then I was with Featherston at home to Workington on the Saturday. Uh, fairly routine for Featherston that Workington were weren't up to much. And then the women's Super League League Leader Shield decide a Sunday morning, which I really enjoyed between Leeds and York where York had to go to Headingley and win, and they did. Tara James Stanley, absolutely brilliant. And uh, that was a great story for, for York, who were kind of on the floor, you know, the, the worst side around 18 months ago. And suddenly they've recruited very well, brought in a lot from Cass, and they finished above Leeds and, and St. Helens. And that was, uh, you know, that was terrific for them. And then this week... Uh, got some wheelchair rugby league Wigan Leeds on Saturday at Robin Park which I'm looking forward to and then it's a case of which game I can get to in the three o'clock kickoffs. really I was hoping to get along to Leeds Cass because that's the big one the winner takes all but it might have to be Salford because it's nearer to Wigan <laughs> <laughs> so that's so, so that might, and, I, and I can't speed at the moment because I keep getting speeding tickets so I, I might have to uh I might have to go for that one. So that's probably where I'll be. And then, uh, oh yeah, Friday night is Featherston, actually. They play Friday night uh, out away at Sheffield. So yeah, busy few days actually coming up. How about you? Um, yeah, last Thursday, I was at Halliwell John Stadium for Warrington versus Castleford. Another defeat for Warrington. Uh, Daryl Powell's post-match press conferences are becoming sort of repetition now. He, he's been saying it all. All week, uh, sorry, all year, uh, all all the same things. 
uh, Friday. I was at Rugby League's biggest derby. I mean, um, second biggest derby, depending on who's listening. <laughs> between Wigan and St. Helens at the DW Stadium. Wigan were fantastic, I thought, on the night. Um, defended their line really well. Uh, it was the biggest Super League crowd of the season so far, over 19,000. I think the next best was the reverse fixture in the Rivals round, which was 17,000. Um, that was me on the Friday. Um, and then on the Monday, I was at St. Helens versus Wakefield. As I say, very youthful St. Helens side. Um, but Wakefield started to play what was in front of them and got a win. And it was four tries to Lewis Murphy. Um, mm. A couple of superb acrobatic finishes in the corner. Well worth his England Knights representative uh, call-up. Yeah, it looks like a superstar emerging there over the... Uh over the second half of the season, doesn't it? As a final point, then you went to uh, you went to get a pie and a drink at halftime in that Wigan Saints game. <laughs> how much of how much of the second half did you miss <laughs> while you were in the queue? Uh, I'm not, <laughs> not sure I should be admitting this since I was writing a match report. Um, I think I missed about 16, 17 minutes of the second half. I actually you obviously had, watched it back, yeah. And I had it on my phone at the time. I was in the queue at the DW Stadium, which took forever uh, and I had Sky Sports on my phone watching it or, or to get James a pie and a drink. It, it got to a point where I'd been stood there for so long that I was like, well, there's no point leaving now. I wasted 10, 15 minutes of my life. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that, George, and putting it on the podcast. <laughs> That's all right. You're more than welcome. The joys of live sports. Uh, Josh, thank you. Uh, Josh McAllister with us every week on the Love Rugby League podcast. That's as far as we go this week. Thank you, as always, for your company. Hope you enjoyed the big interview. Uh, with Matty Russell. Make sure you get us downloaded, tell your mates, subscribe, review, comment, share, and keep across the Love Rugby League socials. And we'll be back with another one next week. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Rugby League podcast. Know someone who shares our collective love for rugby league? Let them know about this podcast and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Eager for more rugby league news? Visit loverugbyleague.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.